Welcome to this teaching where I will talk about the fivefold ministry we read about in Ephesians 4. We talk about apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teachers. But this teaching is not the way you normally hear when you hear anyone teach about those things. I want to take off those religious glasses. I want us to see it in a new way, in the way they did it in the early church. Not a, as a position, as a function, and in a way that when every member is working correctly, we are building up the body of Christ. And I believe we are going to win not only homes, but entire cities for God. So see this teaching. I'm really excited about it. It's important for you to experience freedom. It's important for your fellowship to be effective so we can build up the body of Christ. Look at this teaching. God bless you. Welcome here to the 27th lesson of the Pioneer School. I'm really excited to be with you today to talk about something with the fivefold ministry. The last two lessons I've been talking about a church. Um, I'm talking about church as a family in two lessons ago, where I talk about that there's families without children, the same way there's churches, fellowships without children. And those people need to get help to get children. We want to see people born again. A fellowship is like a family where we want to see the family get kids and those kids grow up. There are also families with babies. Babies, that is people who are newly born, just born again, but they are still like babies and infants. And what babies need is different from what young men needs and what father's needs. So I've been talking about that, like church without children, with baby, church with children and grandparents where children have now left home. And I'm talking about the spiritual levels of being babies, being young men or women in the faith and being fathers. That is some of the things I've been speaking about the last two lessons. And the teaching here is really about helping to get those classes off. The whole thing with the Pioneer School, those 27 lessons I've now done, is to help to get those religious glasses off so we can go in and see what is it God wants. What is it God wants for us when it comes to discipleship? What is it God wants for us when it comes to understanding the gospel? What is it God wants for us when it comes to church? And some people, they were just like a model when we talk about church. Some people were like, this is how you do church, step one, two, three, and four. If you do this, then you have church. But I really believe it's not about a model. It's about the DNA. It's about how people are. Because I've been in house fellowship where, where they run after a special model. They come together and they do this and this and this and this. And it's really not good. I've been in other house fellowship where they do this and this and this, and it's actually really good. Because you can only give something you have yourself. And some places, they need the life. They need to understand some of those things I've been trying to teach about here in the Pioneer School. So what I want to do today, I will continue and try to help to get the glasses off. Try to draw a big picture and give you some ideas to to see see people through the right glasses, to the right way, to be able to be effective in making disciples. And then next time in the Pioneer School, I think I will end up the Pioneer School with putting all together, because then we will fo- start to focus on something new, and that is a Jesus Radio that is coming up very soon and coming out. So I hope you are ready. To this teaching today, I just want to pray very short and then we will continue. God, we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the amazing testimonies we are hearing from all over the world. And pray that this teaching will help people out there to understand who you are and what you have called us to. Help that this teaching will help to take off the religious glasses so people can see you and know you, and walk with you, and be effective in making disciples. Come with your Holy Spirit, and help me to share this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to talk a little about the fivefold ministry we read about in Ephesians 4. 
And maybe you think you have heard a lot of teaching about that before, but I am quite sure that what I'm going to share here is nothing you have heard before. Not like this. And it's still something that has been a big, big revelation for me, something I've only known for a very short time. And now we have started to, to get it in to the people we are working with. And the fruit we are seeing is amazing. I gave out a video just a few days ago from the LinkedIn training school we have here in Denmark, where we have been experimenting with the Five Fund Ministry and sending people out and how to build fellowships. And the fruit I see is beautiful. It's almost like I, I things God had been speaking to me about many, many years ago is happening right now in front of me. And we are starting to see something all over, something that is new, that is beautiful. Before I continue, I want to start with some prophecies I got many years ago. Prophecies that have to do with not only me, but you who are following the Pioneer School and so on. The 18 of November 1999, that is 18, 18 years ago, 19 years ago. The 18 November 1999, I got a prophecy. And the prophecy was that I should walk out from the body and back to the body. And many evangelists have walked independent, but I should walk with an apostolic team. And I should remember Philip and the apostles' relationship. And daily would people get saved, and we will win homes and entire cities for the gospel. It was a very special word I got many years ago. I should walk, not independent, but I should walk with an apostolic team. And I should remember Philip and the apostles' relationship. What do we see in the Bible? What do we see in the book of Acts? We see a relationship between the different ministries, the different callings. We see how Philip, one time he came to Samaria. He was as an evangelist, preaching the gospel and healing the sick, casting out demons. People listened to him because of the miracle they saw. They listened to him because demons came out with loud screams. They received the word and they got baptized in water. But Philip there, he, was, he didn't go the whole way. He needed help. He needed help for them to get baptized with the Holy Spirit, to receive the Spirit. So what happened was that the disciples or the apostles in Jerusalem, they heard that Samaria had received the word and they sent people there. So they sent people to help Philip. And when they came and took over and helped Philip with finish the word, with laying a foundation, Philip, he was free to move on. And Philip, he then came to the eunuch who was ready to receive and the eunuch there got born again. And you read about that in the book of Acts 8. And what is interesting, if the apostle did not come to help Philip, Philip, he was stuck there and he could not come to the eunuch he needed to go to. Or Philip tried to lay a foundation and help there and maybe by time got frustrated. Why? Because it was not what God wanted him to do. And he was maybe not a good to do it as the apostles were. And you see through the book of Acts, on the different journey Paul he went, that he took different people with him, different ministries to help to build up the church. So I got that word and I was excited. Why? Because I want to see it. I want to see the ministries work together. Why? Because we are going to see daily people get saved and we are going to win homes and entire cities for God. Who wants to do that? Everyone. Come on, we want to see home city. Homes and city saved. So I was excited, but at that time when I heard that prophecy, I still have my glasses on. I was thinking, me, evangelist, church, a pastor, a shepherd, evangelist, how that worked together. And it took me many, many years to try to get those glasses off, to try to start to understand what it was God meant when I should walk with apostolic teams and when we should see homes and entire city saved. And it's first now I really like, hey, now I can see it. This is what God meant. Later, I got another prophecy 
2006, the 9th of September, that I should release our DNA in a new generation. And we should raise, and that DNA should go from generation to generation, and we should raise people up from nothing to spiritual giants. And this is somehow what we see today, that through the pioneer school, we are being able to lay a DNA, those people without the glasses, <laughs> down in a new generation. And we are seeing people raise up from nothing or from not known to suddenly spiritual giants. And then the prophecy continues, and they should win homes and cities for God. Sonia understood it's not one super evangelist who are going to win homes and cities for God, but it's all of those people who have this DNA. Those people I see now who have gone through the pioneer school, who have seen the 26 lessons, who have let them transform by that teaching, they are starting to win homes for God. And when we win many homes, in the end, we will win cities. So I, I'm really excited about this teaching because this teaching about the fivefold ministry I will give today, the teaching I did about the church as a family, the teaching I did about the spiritual levels in the church and the teaching I'm going to do next time where I put it all together. All of that teaching, I believe that the fruit of that is that we will see homes come to God. We will find a person of peace. We will enter into that home and we will see home, homes come to God. And then we will, with the apostolic teams I'm going to talk about today, we will build them up to maturity. And they will continue and win new homes and win new homes and win new homes and other homes and other homes. And in the end we have cities. Why? Because cities is made up by many homes. So, so I'm really excited about this teaching. I want to start to read Ephesians 4, where you read about it, and then I will try to help to take the glasses off and explain a little after a little how this ministry, how it works, and how we can use it today, or we need to use it today, when we build up people, when we do fellowship. Ephesians 4, 11. We read here, and I put a text up so you can read with me. We read here, and he that is God, gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. We just stop here. God have given gift ministries. He talked about apostles, prophet, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to build up, to build up or to equip the saints to do ministry. The reason God has given those gifts is to equip the saints to do ministry. So we all grow up to become a mature manhood. And then he continues that we are then no longer like children who were tossed here and there and tossed four and two to by every doctrine and every teaching that's coming in. But we are building people up from babies to young men to fathers in the faith. How are people being built up? By we using the gift the ministries God have given us in the church. And then he continued talking about we are built up, uh, so we are not like babies anymore. And then he continued, and we read here from verse 15, we are to grow up in every way, not only one way, in every way we are to grow up unto him who are the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is encrypted. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow 
so that it builds itself up in love. And I know there is a lot of words here. I just want to explain it here. We are to grow up to him. That's the head. That is Jesus Christ. And we need to be joined together. How are we joined together? By every joint there is in grip. When every joint, every part is working properly, then the body is working. When my fingers is working, if my thumb did not work, I have other fingers that could work. But it will be difficult to drink of this cup if I don't have my thumb. If I only had three fingers, it would be even more difficult. And if I only had two, I could not drink of this cup. Even if I want to, I need my body to work, all my members to work to be effective. Before I continue, I want to just come with a little overview of the fivefold ministry, what it is. And then I would talk about that it's not given as a teaching to put people in a box and to control people. Because this is how I experienced it many years ago. But first, when we talk about the fivefold ministry we are reading about here. A good way to remember is, is like a hand. We have the apostle, that is like the thumb finger. Apostle means sent out. The apostle is somebody who's often sent out. He is there, he's established something, he's building something, but then he's moving to the next place. It's like a thumb finger who's taking a ride to the next place. I go out to the road, my job is finished here, I move on and I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and take me to the next place. That is the apostle. What is special with the apostle? He have a little of everything. He have a little of the prophet. He, he's very strong in that and he's strong evangelist. And he can teach and he, he's shepherd sometimes. Apostle, he's the only one who can do a little of everything. Try to do the same with a little finger is, is, is possible. But the apostle, he have little of, little of everything. Then we have the prophet. He's the one who's pointed the direction. This is the way to go. Up to God, listen to him. This is the way to go. You have sin in your life. You have to repent. And together with the apostle, he make like a gun so they can shoot. Yeah. So we have the apostle and the prophet. The evangelist, he's a little longer out than the other's fingers. He is that who's furthest out when it comes to the gospel. He's often the one who has most amazing testimonies of what is happening all over the place and People are getting healed and set free in a way the other don't experience. The evangelist, he's just out there. Then we have the shepherd. He's the one with the ring finger. He's the one who are married to the bride. It's all about love. Oh, we need to love each other. We need to come together. It's important for the fellowship. It's important for each other. It's important with love. And then we have the little finger. He's the one who take out the Things from the ear so people can hear the word of God is all about the word of God. This is a picture of the fivefold ministry. Now I want to talk about how I understood it in a wrong way, how we sadly do it many places. What we did when I grew up was I was told, Tom, you are evangelist. You are evangelist. Okay, I'm an evangelist. Yeah, because you love telling people about God. Yeah, I love telling people about God. Out on the street. Go out with you. So I, as an evangelist, was sent out on the street to evangelize so the church don't need to evangelize. And then if you come to the church and talk about reaching out. Yeah, yeah, we are reaching out. We have talked. He's our evangelist who are reaching out to people so I don't need to tell other people about Jesus because Torben is doing it. That is a wrong idea. That, that is not how it had been meant. Another thing was that, that maybe often we use it to put people in a box. When I got born again, I was very evangelistic. I love telling people about God, always. And I was out telling people about Jesus all the time. And I was strong evangelistic. In the beginning, I did not care so much of 
the church. I didn't like the church so much and the people inside. We need to reach people. Come on, let's come out and reach people. But suddenly my heart changed. I wanted now to not only be out on the street and reach people, I wanted to be in the church and teach the church and encrypt the church to reach people. And this is what I read. That is closer to the truth because this is what I read here in the Bible. That God have given ministries to equip the saints to do ministry. So an evangelist is not only somebody who are evangelizing. Evangelist is somebody who's in the church teaching and equipping the saint to evangelize. The teacher is not just somebody who are teaching. The teacher is somebody who are equipping the saint so they can go out and teach other people. Because the call to make disciples is for everyone. Go out, make disciples, baptizing them and teach them to obey everything. Who is called to teach? Everyone. It's not everyone who have the calling as a teacher. But everyone is called to teach, like everyone is called to evangelize. But it's not everyone who has the ministry of evangelist. It's not everyone who has the ministry of prophet, but the Bible is very clear. We all prophesy. And, and that is one thing I, I discovered that very often we have misunderstood the gifting. We think that, oh, I'm a shepherd, so therefore I don't need to evangelize to anyone. Or I'm a I'm an evangelist, so therefore I don't need to take care of people and listen. Come on, we help people where there is a need. And the teaching has not been to put people in boxes. Also because we grow up in it. We, we can, you can be one thing at one time and then you grow and you can work in different ministries. We read that in the Bible, what Paul said to Timotheus. And, and you see Paul, he have different names. Sometimes they call him a shepherd or apostle or, or, or evangelist and Philip and Timotheus. They have different titles. For me, I was more evangelistic years ago. I love teaching. And I love evangelizing, but then I love a point to teach and equip the church to evangelize. But some years later, I felt God spoke to me about start churches. And suddenly I got in my heart to start fellowships. And that was why I wrote the book, The Last Reformation. I want to start fellowships. But what was interesting is there is a lot of boxes, as I said. I had many people coming to me in Denmark and say, Torben, you are not allowed to start fellowship." You are not a pastor. You are evangelist. You cannot start fellowship. But I want to. No, no, no. You are not allowed. But I want. You are not allowed. You are evangelist. Go out. Do what you do. And let us start churches. It was what people said to me. And, and I got very disappointed. Then one time I went to Copenhagen to meet people who were working with Dawn, the Cyber Whole Nation, a group of people from all over the world who came there. And I remember that time I was a little down, so I came there and somebody said, Hallelujah, Tom, good to meet you. What are your calling? And he said that to me. And, and I, I looked down like, I don't know, I think I'm an evangelist. And it was difficult for me to say because my thought was that he would say, Oh, then leave. You're not allowed to be on this planning church network because you're an evangelist. That was what I thought because it was what I've heard through my whole Christian life. But he said, hallelujah, we need more evangelists because pastors are not called to start churches. And he said that to me. And when I heard that, it was like really my class. It like, well, like, what? <laughs> what? It was so difficult, different for me because my whole life I've been telling one thing, whole life as a Christian, I've been telling you cannot do this and this and this and this. And suddenly I come out of the box and I meet somebody who said the opposite. So it was a journey and then I started to grow up, I started to learn more and I've been working with church plan and things. And now I have a very different view on it than I had many years ago when I still had my glasses on it. On. So I'll try to go through it and explain how I see it today with different glasses, or hopefully without glasses, and then explain how it is. 
I put it up like uh, with colons, colors. So we have the apostle. I put the orange color on here. So we have the apostle. And then we have the prophet. I put blue color on him. So we have apostle, prophet, evangelist. I put a yellow color. And pastor or shepherd, that is the same word. Pastor, he is green. And then in the end, the teacher, he is red. So here we have the five fall ministry. So here we see the different gifting. Apostle, I put actually apostle a little up here because it's a little special with the apostle. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teachers. Now we need to really take the glasses off. <laughs> this is not a, a, a position like the apostle and the prophet. They are at the top of the pyramid and then we have the evangelist and shepherd teacher down there. This is talking about a function, how, what function you work in, in the body of Christ. You can be an elder in a fellowship. When you are there, you work as an elder. You are a disciple. We are all disciples. But, but you still have a little of different things in you. And sometimes if you travel out, you travel out like a prophet, sent out as a prophet or as an evangelist or as a pastor or as a teacher, you are sent out to equip the same, to do ministry. Because I believe all of those were somehow traveling ministries who was helping and equipping. At the same time, they were in the church helping to equip the fellowships. That is not our goal is not to be, oh, I want to be an apostle, or I want to be an evangelist. No, our goal is to be a disciple of Christ. Our goal is to be like him. It's not meant like that, oh, oh, I, I cannot evangelize because I don't know what my calling is. Don't focus on like, like that. Of course you should evangelize because you love Jesus. Of course you should go after prophecy because it's built up the church. Of course you should take care of people because you are a disciple. A disciple like Christ who are doing a disciple who want to focus more and become like Christ who is doing everything Jesus is doing. So the, those are not to just be in a box. But it explains something. It explains how people in churches are. We are not striving to be one of those. It just gives an idea that people in churches are different. They have different DNAs. They have different callings somehow. Let me explain it. I did a teaching here on the Luke 10 training school a short time ago. When we started up the Luke 10, I did a teaching here about the fivefold ministry where I explained it and I waited with the apostle because he's a little of everything. There's something special there. But then I talked about what a prophet is. I talked about what an evangelist is, what a pastor is, what a shepherd is. And then I got people to somehow say, what do they think they are most? If you ask me what I am, what do you think I am most? Yeah, I know you think I'm a pastor. No, maybe you will not think that. I think for me, this is what I am least of those. I will say I am most of those four. I will say I am evangelist and teacher maybe. But I had people call me. Prophet, people call me apostle, eventually teacher. There is actually some who don't know me who call me pastor. But I just want to say that, that we are sometimes different things. We don't want to say, we, it's not to put people in a box again. Remember this. I had people who say, no, no, I, I'm not evangelist. I cannot evangelize. And, and because they are so fearful. But as soon as they go out and get kickstarts, suddenly they love to evangelize. And they're running around evangelizing all over the world. So because they, they thought there was something they could not do, and thought it was because they're calling, but it was just because they have a lot of fear. So we should not be fast to say what you are and put people in a box. But this is how we used it. 
I get got everyone who was prophetic, who saw himself as an apostle to sit one place, the evangelist another place, and there and there. And then I asked them things, and that was very interesting, because then you see how people think. I asked the prophet, what is the biggest need in the church today? Oh, oh. Oh, we, we really need to seek God. We need to pray. We need to seek God. It's so important that we seek God. It's so important that we hear from God. We need to spend more time in praying, in, in worship, in, in listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit. This, this is the biggest need in the church today. But then the evangelist, if I ask him, what is the biggest need? That we need to reach the lost, of course. People are getting lost out there. They're going to hell if we don't do anything. We need to start to reach the lost. Yeah, we need to seek God, but it's more important that we reach the lost because people are dying every day. 150,000 people die every day. We need to equip, we need to understand the gospel so we can preach the word out there. And this is their heart. This is their passion. This is what they see. Then the pastor, he's like, oh, that's fine, that is fine. But remember, when people get born again, they are babies, and we need to take care of them. We need to take care of those babies, and we need to take care of each other. It's fine we want to reach people, but, but look at this fellowship. There's some people who are lonely. There's some people who are hurting. We need to take care of those lonely people who are hurting. We need to come together. And the teacher, he's like, Yes, but we need to preach and teach sound doctrine. We need the issue is doctrines. Why is the problem doctrines? We need sound doctrine. We need the fear of, the God, of God. We need sound doctrine. We need to teach people, to teach people, to teach people. And it's so interesting because when I set people together, it shows how people are thinking. It shows that, yes, we are all here out evangelizing. Because I believe that we should not start and say, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. I've, I believe we all need the basic training. We all need to learn to hear from God. We all need to learn to preach the gospel. We all need to know, learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. We all need to be able to teach people and make disciples. We all need the basic training. It's like you're in a military. When you come into a military, maybe you will work with the helicopters. Maybe you work with the tanks. Maybe you work with, with first aids and coming and putting people together after there have been a bomb or something like that. But... In a military, people get the basic training. The basic training is for everyone. So those who work with the tanks, they know how to shoot a gun. Because they have been on a basic training. And they have the basic training. But when you then have the foundation, those who work with tanks, they are being allowed to work with tanks. Because they can help us who don't know so much about it. Those who work with other things, they are being allowed to be good at what they are good at. And, and it's so interesting when you start to see it. Because for me, it just when I sat people there, it was so good. Because there was people who, who sat themselves and said, I think I am like an evangelist. I was like, what? Yeah, this is my heart. I want to reach the lost. Okay. I actually thought when I met him that he will be like a pastor, a shepherd. I thought it because I saw him and he looked like a pastor or shepherd to me. But I found out his heart was actually really reach the lost, reach the lost, reach the lost. By me knowing what his heart and his calling somehow is. Of course, he's calling to be a disciple. We are all disciples. But he's more this than he's anything else. It makes it easier for me to equip him. For example, if we go to a mission trip together with him and somebody else, and there is a girl who really are struggling with personal things, and she needs somebody to sit down and talk with her for three hours. 
what will I do? I, w- I will not. I will have taken him and said, hey, c- can you go and talk with her? And then maybe he said, yes, I can, but I really want to go out and I'm maybe not the best to it, but he would do it. But it would be better for me to take that person who love it and say, can you go and talk with her for the next three hours and counsel her? Can you go out, out on the street with me and help me kickstart? Can you sit down with him and explain the doctrine of what it is to the baptism or be born again? And can you help me to do this and this? By us finding where people are, we are more effective. Like if the finger wants to be the thumb, or my ear want to be my nose, or my eye want to be my... It don't work. We need to understand where on the body we are working to be effective. And the good thing, and what you have to understand, we get energy out of things we love. Of course, I, who are more mentalists, I can sit down and counsel people, and I do it. I can sit down and listen to them for, for 20 minutes. They can maybe get half hour if it's a really nice. Okay, I can do it longer time. I, I can sit down and listen to people for an hour or two, or, but it's very hard for me. It takes a lot of energy. And after that, I'm like, oh, I'm really exhausted because it takes energy for me. But those who have that DNA, they come after talking with people for two hours. Oh, I feel so alive. Why? Oh, I've just been sitting and listening to their stories the last three hours and I love what they're saying. And I'm like, what? But I get the same energy by talking to people about Jesus because this is who I am. When we start to understand it, then people find the right Place on the body. And this is what we read in Ephesians 4. When each part is working properly, that makes the body grow and build itself up in love. Why each body work properly, then it makes us grow. What we did here on the Lutin School as an experiment, and we love it, is that we then make groups of people who are very prophetic, who have the calling prophetic, they are together, the evangelists are together, the pastors are together, the teachers are together. In each group there is people who are infant, who are very new in it, who need still foundation to be built up, and there is young ones, and there is people who are really strong in it. In the evangelistic group there is people who really have that heart, I want to learn to evangelize. And here we have those who are best to evangelize, but there's also best to equip the other people to evangelize. And it's easier for them to equip somebody who have the heart than equip them who don't have it inside of them at all. It's not an excuse because what we do is those people equip each other, those equip each other, those equip each other, those equip each other, and then they come together and we equip everyone because we all want to learn. We all want to learn because we all want to be like Christ. And I hope you can see that picture in it. Yes, I am more evangelistic, but I can still learn more about the other gifting. What is interesting is, if you look at churches today and fellowships, in every church, those is like colors. If you are together with somebody who are very prophetic, prophetic is like every time you are together with people who are prophetic, you get like they, every time they look ha- put hands on you, you get their blue painting on you. And you can see on people where they come from. Sometimes you can see people and you oh, they are blue all over the body. They are only blue. Why? Because they have a church that is very prophetic. And sometimes a little weird. Because prophetic is sometimes a little dancing with banners and all over. So, but they are blue all over the body. Then there is other who are only yellow. Because they are together with people who are only evangelists. And you can just see they are yellow. But try to paint a painting with only one color. That would be a, not a beautiful painting. If you have two colors, it would be more beautiful. If you have all the colors in the rainbow... 
all the colors, then it will be more beautiful. You can go into details. You can see Christ in a way you have never seen before. And I, I can see it. I know our church in Denmark, for example, where the pastor, he's a teacher with a big T. What do that church do? That church do that they don't win anyone for God. They don't win any people. People are not getting saved. If you go to that church... Who Who is the last person who has been born again? That is many, many years ago because they, they don't know. Everyone become like the pastor. Everyone get red, red painting all over the body. They are red, 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 red. And it's only about teaching and doctrines and they have one conference or two conference or ten conference and hundred conference. Then there's other people again who are green. Oh, it's, so a, it's a nice church to come in. It's a nice fellowship because everyone loves each other. But they don't have any doctrines. They don't have any foundation. It's just nice and cozy. And they don't win anyone for Christ. Then you can have other fellowships again where they are all yellow. There are newborn babies all over the place who are laying and dying. And because you reach one person, you go out and reach the next person. Reach one person, go out and reach the next person. Reach one and go out and reach the next person. But those babies never get teaching they never grow up they never have parents because eventually this is just nice next baby next baby and so on if you look at TLR the last reformation you know what I am mostly yellow and of course people who start with our teaching start with the kickstart they will get yellow hands on them and they are yellow. And there's nothing wrong in it. We just need everyone. We need that DNA into every foundation. We need to get the gifting to come together. And I think when we, like, when we do fellowship, when we recognize where people are, if they're young and born, or get, newborn or young and fathers and where they're in the faith, and start to recognize people, people's gifting and give room for their gifting and respect each other then we will be able to be more effective and we have been just giving out a teaching i really recommend you to see that a few days ago our testimonies where we were on a mission trip where we went to norway to do a kickstart and instead of just doing a kickstart and go home we sent people out to different homes to be in homes to work with people for a week even more than a week some places, and we want to build up. And what I see in the future, what I see in the future is that we will have apostolic teams working together. So we have people, everyone is called to evangelize, and we need to equip each other to evangelize in everyday life. But there is some people who are so good at going out to find a person peace. They can do it like every time. They, they know how to do it. They can go out and find a person, peace, open a home. And those evangelists, we need those to equip everyone so everyone can become better at it. But we need them to do it and focus on what they are good at. And don't when they then find that home and that home receive Jesus, then like the apostle and Philip, the evangelists can move on to find a new home because then we send the apostolic teams in, then the teacher come, the prophet come, the evangelist, and so on. And we see how it's being built up. Talk about the apostle. The apostle, he's a little different. He's a little of everything. That is also why I'm, I'm more a little of everything, because I have the apostolic thing in me, in my DNA. Apostle is somebody who builds things. He wants to create things. He sees also really the big picture. He, he's more than local. A pastor, a prophet who's a, let's say a pastor who's a local pastor. A pastor, he will think, how can I build up the church? But if an apostle came in and become part of that and put his orange hand on the pastor, the pastor will not only think, how do I build up the local church? He thinks, 
how do I send out pastors? How do I build up pastors to build up other pastors to build up other pastors? So instead of just having a local church, he maybe have a Bible school, a training school to train and equip and send people up. The evangelist who's together with the apostle who gets some orange hand on him, he will not think, how do I just evangelize? But he will think, how do I start a school? How do I build up other evangelists? How do I send them out? Because he's thinking bigger than just just the local church. For me, it's very clear that I, I've, like, I, I don't think local. I think countries. I think world. And people who are with me, they're getting influenced by my orange hand. So when they're a lot with me, they get orange hand all over the place. And they get influenced. So now they start to think like I think. And I don't say that to be proud. I say that to explain how it works. Because some years ago, I was an evangelist. But then I had a friend who was an apostle, who had that DNA in him. Together, I was walking with him some years. He started a Bible school. I was there. I was just following him. He started a Jesus radio. Or started a newspaper. I was there. I was just following him. He started a Christian bookshop. I was there. I was just following him. We had a clinic and cafe. I was there. I was just following him. I was not the guy who built things. I, I was not. I was just thinking. I just want to evangelize and win people for Christ and more local and my ministry. But by me being with him, he put his color on me. And by me being with him, I start to get orange color all over my body. And I start to see things the, the way he did it. And I start to, yeah, start things. And this is what we have now. We start senders, we start schools, we script things, we start a Jesus radio. All of that I am in now, I am only in now because I was close to him who had it and he put it on me. The same way I had a girl coming to me just two days ago get prayed for. And when I prayed for her, I got a, a vision. I saw a picture and I prophesied over her. And when I said what I saw, she broke down crying. It really touched her so uh, so deep. She wrote to me later, the reason I cried and because it touched me so deep what you say is because you told me exactly the dream I had a month ago. A month ago, I got a dream from God and the same thing I dreamt you told me two days ago. I love it. I didn't have that some years ago. But then I had a friend who was very prophetic. By me being with that friend who was very prophetic, what did he do? He put his blue hands on me. So I was not only yellow, I became a little more blue. And now I can't teach it, but I'm more yellow than I'm blue. And the same way it works. So you can be blue Completely only blue, but you want some yellow colors. You want some of the different things. So be with people who have other gifting and ministry and get influenced by them. And we want the apostle to come in to help to give a bigger vision and a bigger calling than just, just the local church. To really let those people to train and send people out so they can do ministry. So this is a little of it, how I see is working. It's not, again, to put people in a box. And I know there's other gifting in the church of faith and helping and giving. And there's many other gifting than those. But I think this is enough to show something. What is this showing? First, it's showing that from the beginning, when you get born again, your calling is to follow Christ, to be like him, to grow up in him. The mission to go out, make disciples, teaching, baptize people, teaching them is for everyone. It's not only for a few people. That is a calling for everyone. We can all make disciples in our everyday life. We can all testify when our neighbor from God. We can all sit down with somebody and teach them. We can all learn to prophesy. We can all do everything in Christ who strengthens us. 
When that is said, when we have learned to do some of those things, what you will see is that there is area you are really burning for. There is things you have in your heart. By you being good at that, and don't try to make take other people down who are not good at this, but lift them up in what they have, and then start to work together with the different things you are. Then we can see the church being built up. And you have more joy, you have more freedom because you do what God has called you to do. And we will be more effective in the body because it's not everyone who's running out and doing the same. We are different. And I see there have been a coup in the world today where we don't believe in the fivefold ministry anymore. The teachers somehow are taking over and are teaching today that the apostle and the prophet is not for today. And they're also teaching that the shepherd and teacher are the same gift. So there's only one gift, that is the evangelist. And everyone who are little evangelists, they cannot be in a church where it's only about teaching. So they end up leaving the church. So we actually end up with one gift. It's all about teaching, teaching, teaching. No, it's not only about teaching, teaching, teaching. It's about every body, every member work together. So this is a little what I will share, talk about. Don't take this teaching to go in a box. Focus on Christ. What you then do, if there's areas where you see, I need to be stronger teaching, find people who have that color in your fellowship. Find people who are really good at the word and be with them. And let some of their color come on you. If you want to be very strong evangelists, then find people who are yellow, who are evangelists, and let their color be on you. It don't make that you mean that you become an evangelist by that. It just means that you become equipped. So for me, I don't need so much to be around the evangelist to be equipped because I am equipped there. So me, I need to spend more time with pastors and teachers and other gifting. Why? Because then I am being built up so I can do a little of everything. So this teaching is not to put you in a box. It's a teaching to, to show that the body is different members. To set people free and to start to recognize who people are. Do you have a home group and a small group? Let them see this teaching. Sit down and talk about what do you like to do? Where do you think you are? And then when you start to recognize where people are and you put them in the right order and you work together as a body, you will be so much more effective in building, reaching people, in building them up to maturity, to be set out, led by the Holy Spirit, and together it will just bear so much more fruit. So it was some of the things I want to share this time. What I want to do next time, I think will be the last lesson I will do on the online Pioneer School. Because we want to start with something new, very short. We have a Kickstart package coming out. I will tell about it next time. And we have a Jesus Radio starting, and I will tell about that next time. Next time, I will talk a little about communion. And then I will put it all together and come with ideas what you can do when you come together and how to build New Testament churches with this DNA, with a DNA where you understand where churches are, DNA, understand the spiritual level, a DNA where you understand the gifting God had given to the church. God bless you and see you next time. Bye-bye.